a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning, taking your calls at 801 575 8255 or your text questions at 57500. And it is a busy day. We'll get to as many of your calls and questions as we possibly can. Kim has been waiting very patiently, and Murray, good morning. Kim, what was your question? Hi, I was interested in getting a columnar, I think it's a maple scent tree, columnar tree to put on the west side of my driveway for shade. Um, with that, uh, I only have about 15 feet width, and I just wondered if that's going to be too big of a tree for that area. I'm looking for mostly shade. Okay. The Crimson Century Maple is one that will stay seven or eight feet wide and get probably up to 30 feet tall. And so it might fit the bill in that way, but it also is very susceptible to a disease called powdery mildew. Oh, dear. And so it is one that I think is pretty, but I've never recommended planting it because it also can take two or three years to get it completely established. I see initially more of them die in the first year than many other trees. Now, a lot of them survive, but I just, I'm hesitant about that particular tree because of those two issues. Okay. Also, I was concerned about it um, breaking up my driveway. I didn't want to plant a tree that was fast growing. It won't. Oh, it won't. No. Okay. Could you recommend something else other than that then? Maybe I won't get that one. Uh, maybe Kindred Spirit Oak. Okay. Or um, even the columnar Norway maple may fit the bill. It's just a green tree, but Kindred Spirit Oak would fit it really nicely. And then if you can find it, there might be some columnar Zelkova, and that's spelled Z-E-L-K-O-V-A. Okay. So Columner's Alcova would be another one that you could look at, too. And so those are three that will get about 15, 10 to 15 wide by about 30 tall. Okay, that's about the size that I'm looking for. And then I could probably um, cut it up from the bottom so I just yes. see the tree trunk. Yeah, you can. Okay, great. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Kim. Thanks for your call this morning. A couple of questions about indoor plants, Ton. Uh, One person would like to know how to prevent mealy bugs from an indoor plant. They say it's for a chameleon's enclosure, so they have to be careful with insecticide. Well, unfortunately, is when you purchase them, check them ahead of time. Because once you get mealy bug, you probably are not getting rid of it unless Mm. you use a systemic. 
And Which so, you couldn't do inside that enclosure, for sure. Probably not. Now, what was the reason the enclosure they can't use? It's in a chameleon's enclosure. Oh, okay. So I would probably just get rid of it and maybe get another one and inspect it thoroughly before putting it back in the enclosure. Okay. The other question was, is there a no-fail method to get rid of fungus gnats in indoor plants? Don't overwater them. Make sure that the pots have drainage. And when you purchase them, make sure they're not already there. Uh, fungus gnats, are, they grow in peaty soils it's like you're using. and But if you're getting a lot of them, it's a sign you're overwatering. And so back off on the water. Let the soil dry out as much as you can so that the plants don't wilt down. But then you irrigate again. And there is a product called Natrol, G-N-A-T-R-O-L, that you can get, I think, on Amazon. That's I think it might even be organic, but you can do a soil drench to kill the eggs. And it's they're actually their babies that are the bigger concern. The adults are the nuisance, but if you have a lot, they're feeding on the roots of the plant. All right. Greg is on the line in Orem. Good morning, Greg. What was your question? Well, I've been trying to kill a Chinese elm for 20 years. Uh, I think they're uh, perpetual. Uh, they, they were, when we first moved into this house, it's like 15 inches in diameter, and we've Cut it down, of course, and drilled holes and put the roundup in there. But over the years, it still has little things shooting up around the perimeter of our yard. I, I wonder if there's not just really one Chinese elm in all of Utah, and uh, it's just one big plant that you can't kill. Well, I'm going to do a gentle correction here. You're actually dealing with Siberian elm. Chinese okay. elm is a great tree, and they're often confused. I just didn't want to get that out there and get the listeners confused, but you're dealing with Siberian. No, I appreciate that. I I don't know. I've, I've heard that it was a Chinese elm. I'm not, uh, not a horticulturist. So yeah. I just know it doesn't die, and the it only comes thing, up everywhere. It does, and the only thing I can really tell you is to keep after it. You know, a lot of times uh, some you may go to a retailer, and they would recommend something like Tordon, and yeah. it's not registered for residential use. And so if you're out in the country and it was in a right of way, you know, along a road or something, it would be a little bit different. But everywhere those elm roots run and you get torn on in there, it will kill any other broadleaf plants or damage them for up to two okay. years after the application. And so right. is the stump? It's in my backyard. Okay. And is the oh. stump still, are you still getting shoots off the stump itself? No, it's just, you know, I have a back uh, separate garage and so it comes up around the back part of the garage or along the fence line with my neighbor yeah. and then of course it shoots out into our garden spot and I have to go and cut those back and kill them and you know and so I just I wondered if there's something I should be doing differently yeah. but well like one not. thing you might consider if you're already using the glyphosate you may put a spreader sticker or a surf, actually a surfactant in with it to see if you can get better penetration but I had a What's home uh, sorry, a surfactant. Okay. You could pick that up from like a Steve Regan or IFA or any okay. local garden nursery or farm store. But I've okay. had Siberian elms in a yard I lived in up in Cache Valley, and I know your pain. And all you can <laughs> really do is just keep after it. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, Greg. Thanks for your call. Next listener, Ton says... Can seeds that have come in contact with pre-emergent germinate after the chemical barrier wears off, or are these seeds just rendered sterile? The seeds are not killed. It's only when they try to germinate. And it's actually, 
why they call it pre-emergent is that you put it down before they emerge from the soil. Mm-hmm. And the pre-emergence generally will inhibit root development, and that's how it kills. And so if the pre-emergent has worn off and the seeds stay dormant, they will absolutely germinate. All right. Joan is on the line in South Weber. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. What was your Can question? You hear me? Yes, go right ahead. Yes. I wanted to ask if you could recommend um, something to spread on the grass that will kill the weeds. All season we've used weed and feed, and we had beautiful grass, no weeds. All of a sudden we've got all kinds of funny weeds growing up in the grass. So I would make sure that when you mow, you mow at a height of about three inches so that the grass is thicker and it will shade some of those out. It's a little hot to be using any sprays, especially weed and feeds. The weed and feeds are actually less effective compared to liquid. And so when you spray in the spring, you're probably going to get better results with a liquid. But um, there is a product made by a company called Image, and it's all—it's called All-in-One Lawn Weed Control. And you would want to spray that in patches, you know, in just small areas in the morning or the evening. But that would be one that you could use on a limited basis midsummer. But your main opportunity to spray the whole lawn again would be sometime in mid to late September. With a liquid? With a liquid, they're going to be more effective than the granular products. Okay. Does this um, all-in-one feed come in a liquid? Yeah, it's it's a concentrate that you put into a sprayer, and it's only like, I don't know, you'd have to look at the label, but it's like three or four tablespoons per gallon. Okay. And do that in September. Yeah. Okay. And there's, you could use a lot of them in September. If you wanted to do something now, the all-in-one product would be the one that you would, only one you would use now. All right, John. Thanks so much for your call this morning. This hour of the greenhouse is sponsored by At Your Service Pros. The owner, Jared Corcoran, has been on the line with us today because they have a great deal right now on tune-ups. But first of all, Jared, what does a tune-up on your air conditioner or furnace cost? It's only $49 right now. Okay, but what does it regularly cost? Uh, so normally it's 167. Okay, so this is quite a special. So how is your tune-up different from everyone else's? So what a lot of people do when they're tuning up an air conditioner or a furnace is they just use it as an opportunity to come out and find something wrong and sell you something. We actually come out to make sure we are going to improve the efficiency of your equipment. So we've equipped all of our service trucks with Bluetooth tools. So they'll come out, they'll connect up to your air conditioner. They'll be able to see exactly how efficiently it's running right now. And then they'll go through, clean the blower, clean the outdoor condenser, um, go through all your electrical connections, do all of that type of stuff to increase the efficiency of your system. Commonly, we can get it right back to when it was manufactured, which Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Yeah, maintenance is so important, isn't it? Absolutely is. Uh, talk about some of the things that we should be doing all the time, like changing our filters. How often should we be doing that? So you want to make sure you're changing your filters. If they're the one-inch ones every single month, if they're four inches or bigger, you want to do it at least every uh, six months. I actually have a little Aussie who sheds like crazy. 
So I have to change my filters three times a year, even though they are the six inch filters right? or the four inch filters. So the condenser on the outside of the house, that's something that most of us don't think about. <laughs> How often should that be cleaned? Um, so you need to clean it a minimum of once a year. And then um, depending on your neighborhood, like I live in an area with lots of cottonwood trees, so I have to do mine several times a year. And it's intriguing because like right now, people are running into a problem with some of the older air conditioners that have R22 in them. And so people are coming out to clean their unit because it's not working very well. And then they're explained that that particular air conditioner, you can't get refrigerant for anymore and it has to be replaced. And it's uh, super fascinating because although R22 can't be manufactured anymore, there's still plenty of it in circulation. And a company like us, because I have a massive commercial division as well, we purchased our R22 when it was half the cost of what it's currently being sold for so that we could make sure we took care of our customers. Because, I mean, just the other day, a lady was told that her condenser was bad and that she needed to replace it because it was dirty and it was an R22 unit. And I showed up to her house to give her a bid and I start talking to her and she literally just starts crying before oh. I've even given her the price and telling me she can't afford it. And I'm like, well, why don't we just fix your air conditioner? And she's all, I didn't think that was possible. The other two companies have told me it wasn't. And I'm like, we have plenty of R22. It's on all of our trucks. I can fix your air conditioner very easily for a couple hundred bucks. And she looked at me and basically told me I was an angel, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and so we went in, cleaned her condenser, added a little bit of R22 and got her unit working. So it'll last her several more years. All right. Today you're with us because you have a special on tune-ups for both AC or furnace. Uh, tell us about that and how people can get a hold of you. So it's $49 to tune up your AC or furnace. Um, you can reach us just calling into our office at 801-YEAR-PRO. Super easy number to remember because we are the company that you want to have come take care of your equipment because we're using that third-party software. So you know that you don't have to just, you know, trust that my techs did a good job. They're going to prove it with the third-party data that you are going to get more than your money's worth on this tune-up. All right, Jared. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Have a great day. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse final segment of this show. Number to call. Well, let's see. I think we can still squeeze in a few more calls. We've got Janet coming up here in a sec, but 801-575-8255, or you can text us 57500. A lot of text questions that I'm not sure we're going to get to here, Ton. But let's go to Janet in Taylorsville this morning. Good morning, Janet. What was your question? Yeah, I have some beautiful Carol Mackeys, um, one on either side of my 
um, orch in the front. Oh, me too. And <laughs> they've gotten, well, they're getting big. And, uh, and and with all the snow and stuff, then they got kind of smushed. And, and so in, in the late spring, early, no, late winter, early spring, I, I pruned the one and then it dawned on me, oh, no, I do that and I'm not going to have those marvelous smelling flowers. So I didn't prune the other. And the one I did prune has come back and it's really pretty but and it's the size it should be but the other one's um a bit overgrown and and of course the one i pruned only had a few flowers when do i prune that i mean how can can i prune that so that i can have the flowers without hurting it tom well just for our listeners these are carol Mackey daphne it's a Correct. blooming shrub that in the spring has a wonderfully scented and flower. I just love mine so much. Yes, and they are very, very picky and notional. So if it's if they're doing really well, you want to be really careful with them, Janet. You don't want to hurt them. And so I would do as minimal as pruning as you can on them to get them to the size that you want. But they're so finicky that they're just one that I the policy is to just leave them alone as much as possible. But if you do need to prune, when do you do that? I would do it sometime in early to mid-March. Okay. So like I did the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll and... lose some flowers for a year or so, but that's going to be the most opportune time for the plants to prune. So what happens if she needs to do it now? Do as minimal as possible. Do it as minimally as possible. Okay. Well, I can wait. I just, it's it's encroaching upon the sidewalk and stuff. And I don't, you know, you, you, I don't like overgrown things. Yeah. And so, it, and it, eventually it will be overgrown. And yeah. so I'm thinking, and, and when I did prune the other one, I, I'm only talking maybe three inches is all I took yeah. off it. And so do the same thing and then leave them alone. But wait till March, right? Yeah, if that's when you pruned your other one, that's what I'd wait for to do. I, I wouldn't do much pruning right now. Okay. All I'll right. leave it alone then. Great. Thanks so much for your call this morning. A Mac and Morgan wanted to know, Tom, he says he has linden tree leaves that are turning pale green and falling off, and he's wondering why that might be. Could just be simple drought stress, but the lindens are also very susceptible to being planted too deeply and having girdling roots. It's a really common thing. And so he needs to be able to see the what's called the root flare. And so it shouldn't look like a pencil going into the ground. Mm-hmm. But if it's plant, planted correctly, he should see the flare at the base above ground to where the roots start. And so one thing I would do, especially if it's a pencil shape, is start digging down around the trunk to make sure that they don't have a girdling root. And you would go down to where the roots start. But girdling roots being planted too deeply and drought stress are all things that cause this in lindens. Uh, The next listener has a flowering pear, but they need to know how to control the sucker sprouts from the tree. They say they've tried a product called Sucker Punch with no success. Any other ideas? I just keep trimming them. If sucker punch isn't working and you follow the instructions, you can't use an herbicide on there because it'll damage or kill the tree. And so you just keep trimming. Okay. Next listener says, what's the best best shade tree to put on the west side of the house? They live in Spanish Fork, but they don't want a tree that attracts a lot of bugs or drops a lot of pollen in the spring. 
Boy, that's a that's little more them, involved because, than hmm. just what a text would cover. So maybe we could have them call in next week. Okay. Uh, next listener would like to know how fast linden trees grow compared to catalpas. A linden will grow a foot to 18 inches. A catalpa will grow two to three feet. Okay. Well, that's about it for the show. I did want to tell you about an interesting interview that I did this week for my Let's Get Moving with Maria podcast. Um, It was talking about hydration, but it wasn't just someone who got on and just said, hey, you need to drink, you know, six to eight glasses of water a day. This person was talking about how you better absorb water and stay hydrated better if you actually eat plants. And it was just a fascinating interview that I think that our listeners would be interested in, and they can find that at the Let's Get Moving with Maria podcast. Yeah, and your podcast is weekly, and a lot of times you're covering things like how to safely use equipment in the garden, but all sorts of health-related All sorts of mental health, um, physical health, you know, exercise, food, nutrition, but... Yeah, one interesting uh, interview that I thought people might like to get. And again, it's Let's Get Moving with Maria. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find it there. It's been an interesting show. So many people, we've left so many questions unanswered. I did want to remind people that our plant of the week this morning was the hardy hibiscus, and you can find more out about that on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. Check us out on Instagram. We have a fabulous producer who puts all sorts of stuff on there, little quizzes and all sorts of things. And have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.